Amen. Open up your Bible to Isaiah. I'll be going there in just a moment. And as you're turning there, I've got a lot of verses to go to before that. You can jot those down, and then I'll be going to Luke right after that. As you're turning there, flipping there, scrolling there, I want to say thank you as always for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offering and with your giving. Every single week, you allow us to minister to people around the world. Uh, help us plant churches and unreached people group and help people right here. And I want to say thank you so much for doing that. Um, and if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our, our tithes and our offering and our giving every week, our ushers will be at the door today. You can fill out an envelope. You can go online. You can text. However that is, I just want to say thank you for that. Also coming up this week, I want you to be praying for us because Thursday and Friday we're going to be hosting. This room is going to be full of people from all across the southeast, I believe five different states are going to be here. Pastors, leaders, lay people in churches are coming for fresh water. And I'm so excited that we get to host it again. It's going to be a powerful event. And if you're not going to be here, I want you to be praying for what God wants to do over those uh, two days. I believe that I believe that God's going to breathe some life back into some pastors. I'm believing that some churches are going to leave this place revived and refreshed and go back home and carry it with them. Amen? So I want you to be praying with me Thursday evening. Pastor Aaron Crabb will be speaking. Friday morning, Pastor Kevin Wallace will be speaking. And then Friday evening, Pastor Greg DeVries will be bringing a powerful word. So if you can't make it, I want you to join me in prayer over these next few days. And let's cover this place in prayer. And let's cover these people as they're traveling to Rome over these next couple of days. Last week, I did not get to preach in this service. We just took a moment and the Holy Spirit broke out, amen, and people were getting prayed for and touched and healed last week. So uh, if you would, let me take a moment and kind of catch you up. Last week, during first service, I actually started a new series. So let me kind of briefly back up with you and uh, in a quick little way, kind of catch you up on some things. Last week, I started a series called Come Together, and this series is about you and I. It's about us coming together, the body of Christ. This series is to remind us that we were not created to be alone. Amen? Uh, from the very beginning in Genesis, God saw man. It was not good for him to be alone. So he created woman, uh, and they multiplied, and they got together, and all throughout the Old Testament, and then you see the New Testament, you see the birth of the church coming together. And you, we were not meant to be alone. We were meant to be a part of the body. And it's, it's, it's really this couple of uh, messages is to remind us the importance of the church. And in this hour, in this culture that we are living in, the church should be the strongest organization on the planet. Amen? The church should be the most well-run, the, the most uh, energetic place, the most exciting place that people get to uh, throughout the week. And, and as I was speaking of last week, it seems throughout this, in this post-pandemic society, in these last couple of years that the world and our nation has been through, it seems almost like a spirit of apathy has come over a lot of people about church and being in church. It seems like uh, to many they've lost the motivation uh, to actually be in church. And uh, the, the live stream is great and everything, but um, I, I have never felt on a phone what I have felt in 
a church house. Amen. I've, I've heard some great messages. I listened to some great pastors throughout the week myself to refresh myself. And there are, there are some moments where I'm like, well, praise the Lord, and I'll jot something down. But there's something different about being in the house of the Lord with people who are praying and seeking the Lord with you. Amen. And in the middle of this pandemic in the nation, um, it feels like there's just been this apathy, this 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 uh, lack of motivation. Uh, I really don't care about being there anymore. And and many many do not see the need uh, to be around other believers. Uh, a social anxiety has set in through the process. And in the middle of everything that was going on in the nation, not only was sickness going on, but there was racial and political division. And not only was it in the nation, but it walked through and crept through the front door of many churches in America. And this is why it is so important to understand the wiles of the enemy. It is so important to understand exactly what Satan is doing because the media will spin it a lot of ways. But Satan always has a plan. And that is why there are times when us... Uh, the body of Christ as believers, we have to take off Republican glasses, we have to take off Democrat glasses, we've got to take off racial glasses and put on spiritual glasses and see exactly what Satan is trying to do in our nation and in the church, amen? Because he loves it. He loves it when the church gets so focused on things that we get distracted. He loves it that we get so focused on, 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 on things of the, uh, the world that we cannot get together in unity. He loves it whenever we start fighting white and black. He loves it when we start fighting over a mask or no mask. He loves it when we're talking and fussing and debating over vaccine or no vaccine, a Republican versus Democrat. He loves for nothing more than for us to run to our corner and just isolate ourselves. He loves it when believers uh, no longer want to get together, but we become isolated. I was reading a Barna report this week. It was uh, released, I believe, last week, and it said the number two reason why pastors are leaving ministry, the number two reason in America is isolation. They get all by themselves. They don't want a fellowship. They don't want anybody to know that they're not that spiritual giant that they proclaim to be on Sunday morning. And it is so often the same as in the pews where we start isolating in the middle of difficulty. He, the devil wants you to be isolated because he knows that there's some blessings that can only happen when there is togetherness. He knows that there are some windows of heaven that can only be opened when we get together and start connecting with believers. Amen. He loves it that you feel like you have no one to come with you and touch and agree with you and pray for you. He loves it when the elders of the church are divided and they cannot get their act together for even an hour on a Sunday and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. He loves it when there is division in the body because there are some people throughout this last couple of years but you have heard the still small voice. You can hear the voice of God all by yourself. You can God God can heal you in your living room. He can do whatever He wants to, and I'm not I'm not knocking that at all. But there have been a lot of people you have heard the still small voice of God when you've been by yourself, but you've not felt the earth tremble under your feet because you've not been connected to believers. You've not been connected to the body because the word says that where two or three are gathered together, there I am. He said I'm not 
sending my spirit there. He said, I will actually be there myself when two or three start getting together. I don't know about you, but I want to be together with believers in this hour because all throughout the week, I'm, I'm surrounded by crazy people. And I'm not talking about my staff either. Anybody else feel like you're surrounded by crazy people throughout the week? Some of you teachers, you're teaching crazy kids. All, come on, somebody. Somebody needs to receive that word. You got a countdown to your retirement. You got 20 more years. Hang on. We need to get together with people who know the word, who live according to the word that are walking in an upright state spiritually, amen? Last week I shared that God has put his fullness into the church. I read a verse last week, Ephesians chapter 4. You can just jot this down, 11 through 13. It's well known. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to obtain the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Did you catch that? He said there, there has to be a coming together of the body in order for the measure of God in the body to increase. If you want more glory, guess what you need to do? If you want more glory to be released, you need to get with people who have the glory inside of them. Amen? You need to get with people. You need to you need to get with people in order for the measure of God to be released at the fullness. So as long as we are fighting, as long as we are at odds with our brothers and our sisters, we will never see the fullness of God in the body. But whenever I can understand and get it in my head and process it in my head and understand that when we were born again, we were born into a new nation. Whenever we were born again, we're not only citizens of the United States of America, but before that, now I am a citizen of heaven. Amen? When If we can, as a body can get it in our head that whenever we became citizens, we got a new origin. And, and this, this place is not our home. We are just passing through. I don't know about you but that makes me want to shout this morning that this place is not my home. I'm just passing on through this place. And whenever we understand that we are now citizens of heaven and, and this new origin, guess what? It surpasses any color of skin. It looks beyond any type of language barrier. It can go beyond denominations. It transcends all political allegiance and makes things of this world seem as nothing and when the body of Christ can get that in their head we will start to see the fullness of God and we will begin to see the measure of God increase not only in our homes but inside of the church. If you want to see the measure of God increase in your family and in your church will you just say amen with me this morning I mentioned last week to first service I wish I could expound on this a little more, but I mentioned, and I, you need to write this down, because what God did in Christ's body, 
He wants to do in the body of Christ. What God did in Christ's body, now God wants to do in the body of Christ. It was bruised. Christ's body was bruised. We've just celebrated Easter. He was crucified, but it was also resurrected. And the church has been bruised. The church has been battered. And, and, and sometimes you may even feel like you've been crucified. But guess what? What God did in Christ's body, God wants to do in the body of Christ. And he wants to resurrect and bring life back into his church. Amen? Supernatural things happened in Christ's body. And he wants to do the same in the body of Christ. Supernatural things happen. You know what that means? It means that he did not let natural things move him. He did not let natural things detour him. He did not let everyday things distract him. Why? Because he was more concentrated on God's plan than he was the plan of the earth. And we, I don't know about you, but I do believe that what God did in Christ's body, the supernatural, he wants to do the same in us, and we are to be the same. That means that natural things should not move the church. Natural things should not shake the church. Amen? Deba political debates should not shake the church. Things of this world should not split churches. While he was on earth, the word said also in his body, his body was filled with the Spirit. The dove landed on him that day. And then he was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ means the anointed one. It was not God's intent just for Jesus to be filled with the Spirit, but he wanted for everyone to have the Spirit. Why? Because what he did in Christ's body, now he wants to do for the body of Christ. He wants the entire body to know and understand and be filled with the Spirit. Colossians 1.27, jot it down. It says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is Christ, Christ, the anointing in you is the hope of glory. Mm. The anointing that God has put on the body is the hope of his glory for earth today. I said that the anointing that God has put inside of you, it is hope for his glory for the earth today. Christ in you, the spirit, the anointing is the hope of glory. So the hope that we have for people here on planet earth to experience and see his glory is not just a one person thing, but it is a collective effort. He was talking about the body of Christ when he said Christ in you, the body of Christ the, is the actual, the hope of his glory. It is not an individual thing. It is the entire body of Christ that he is saying, I have put Christ in you. I have put an anointing in you so that whenever you are operating in it together, guess what? My glory will then be released on planet earth. So now that we know that, does the warfare that you may have been experiencing start to make sense? Why are you experiencing war warfare? 
one of the reasons may be because of this very verse right here is because, guess what? God has put some anointing in you and the devil does not want you to release his glory on earth. So what does he do? He will do everything that he can to distract you. Why? Because he does not want people on earth to see his glory. How will people see his glory? When they look at the, the anointing that the church is operating in. This is the word today. And for this very reason, he will, he will put warfare on you to separate you from the body. How many people have quit going to church because somebody didn't say hello to them? It's laughable, but it's real. Somebody didn't say hello on the wrong day. I'm not going back. Somebody, somebody, you were out in public and the pastor didn't see you. And you thought he or she was avoiding you. I'm never going back to church. It sounds crazy, but that is the way Satan operates. Little things like that. Little, it's, the, it's those little things, the fox that spoils the vine. It's like the fly in the ointment. It's the, it's the little things in life that Satan will use to dismember the body, to, cre uh, to create warfare in your home. So, so could it be that that's the reason? That's the reason we've been getting mad over little petty things. That's the reason we're getting frustrated with people. That's the reason we don't want to hang out with people. That's the reason we quit going to church. Do you see that the warfare in your life is not just is, is not just a little thing but if you are seeing this warfare in your life do not take that bait of Satan and do not let him pull you in and remove you from the body because Satan wants you to separate yourself from a church because he don't want God's glory to be seen and how will God's glory be seen on earth through the church Revival cannot come to America until revival comes to the church. America cannot be healed until the church is healed. He wants to dismember the body of Christ because he knows the word. Satan knows the word. And he knows that the word says that a house divided cannot stand. Why are so many churches closing in America? Because the body is divided. This morning, the Methodist church is officially split and they are making a new denomination. Why? Over something of the earth. The definition of marriage being the number one thing. And are they going to allow homosexuals to take the pulpit? They are debating it. It's not, that is not debatable. But the church is split. And now what was the Methodist church is the, is the fastest dying denomination in the world. Why? Because they have separated. There is a lack of unity in the body. And Satan is loving it that they are divided over a plan that he created. A plan that was birthed in the pit of hell. And now the church is separated and he is loving it. He is loving it. This is why so many churches are dying. Because there's division in the body. But if the church could get out of its head and understand that everything is not about me, but this is about the kingdom. And if we can lay some personal preferences aside for an hour a week and know that I am a citizen of heaven and I have an allegiance to the body of Christ and that allegiance surpasses all 
other allegiance that I have because the world cannot see the glory until the church comes together. I may be an American, but guess what? Whenever I got saved, my allegiance to heaven became even greater than it is to the United States of America. And a lot of people don't like me saying that, but it's real. When you got saved, you, your, your origin shifted. Your allegiance to the Lord should be more than to a political party. Can I get an amen? It's the way it is. Isaiah 65, 8. I want you to open your word. I want you to jot this down. I love this verse. I was praying over this coming week, fresh water, and reading about what God wants to do in that hour and these, those couple days. And, this, and this, this text is exactly what I'm talking about today. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 8. Thus says the Lord. This is what the Lord, the Lord is speaking this. As the new wine is found in the cluster. Mm. One says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. Something stuck out to me. The new wine is found in the cluster. New wine is found in the cluster. It did not say that the new wine is found in a grape. Huh. But if you want the new wine, it's in the cluster. You cannot get wine from one grape. No. It takes a cluster. What is a cluster? It is a family of grapes. It is, it is the whole. It is a group. The wine represents all throughout Scripture. Wine represents the Spirit of God. So it says that the new Spirit is coming, is found in the cluster. It's not found in an individual. It's not an individual thing. No. The new wine that's coming is coming to the cluster. The new thing that God wants to do, guess what? It's not going to be an individual thing. It's going to be a collective thing. It said, in the last days, I will pour my spirit on who? All flesh. I will pour my spirit out on the cluster. I'm not going to anoint a certain person to carry him. I you know. See, this is this is this is a fault of the church because for years throughout the church we've looked to one person. We've had that favorite pastor, that favorite leader, and we thought they carried the glory. They carried the anointing for everything. Let me tell you something. In the new day, it, the, the, this new wine that's coming, it will not be that way. It will be lay people laying their hands upon people that have been filled with the Spirit and they will get healed. It will be young, it will be old. It will be rich and it will be poor. In the last days, he said, I will pour my Spirit out on the cluster. Every person. He said, you cannot be part of this new movement if you're by yourself. There's a lot of people in the church. There'll be pastors come Thursday, Friday. They don't fellowship with anybody. You want to know why they're coming? Don't tell them I said this. They think they're going to shake Aaron Crabb's hand. <laughs> they think Kevin Wallace is going to come lay his hand on them. And that's why they're coming. 
But they don't understand that when they come into that house, they're going to step into a cluster of his glory. And God's about to break a spirit of isolation off of their life. And the same is with you. It was funny when I was talking about them, right? I'm not checking my email tomorrow. <laughs> there are a lot of people in the church. You're in it, but you're not of it. You said in it, but you don't help with it. Oh, gee, oh, I felt that. And I don't speak this for conviction. I speak this to encourage you. You're needed in the cluster. I can't do this thing by myself. I have pastors all the time, people who, who, who look at legacy and they, they have some type of connection with me, whatever, and they'll say, how did you do it? And I say, I have an amazing team. I didn't do this by myself. After, I always say, number one, it was the Lord. And then number two, I have an amazing team. I can't even talk about myself to about number 10, 11, 12, or 13. Because this don't happen with one man. And so often in the religious world, we put all of our stock in that one man. And whenever he fails, oh, God. Oh, I can't be a part of the church anymore. How many people have left because their superstar pastor did something that he should not have done? And that is exactly what Satan wants you to believe, that it's all the pastor. He wants you to come to Freshwater to see Aaron, to hear him sing, and, and for Kevin to spit on you and lay you out. <laughs> you know who you are. You want his sweat rag? You trying to chase him? If I could just touch the hem of his garment? No, you, you are chasing the wrong person. And here we are, a bunch of grapes. <laughs> a lot of churches, they're just a bunch of grapes. And they're wondering why the spirit ain't flowing. Because they can't get together long enough. They can't quit gossiping about each other long enough. They can't shut their mouth long enough and open up their mouth about the Lord long enough to get together and form a cluster. New wine. He says, whenever I do a new work, I'm not just coming to anoint the president. I'm not just coming to anoint the pastor. He said, but my next move, this next great awakening, it will be on all people. It will be on the cluster. It will be on the cluster. Why? Because whenever I get together and I link arms with somebody, come here. I want to use you. Don't hate me. Come here, Cody. This is what happens. Stand over there. Stand right there. This is us in church. This is, this, this, is, this is the way church operates. You got that church down the road. You got us. You got them. But what happens, come act like you like me, come on. Take my arm. What happens when you get together? Because if one could put a thousand to fight, what could happen if we start walking together and we start praying together? Let me tell you what would happen. 
Every step that we take, a new wine would start to flow. Every step that we take, a new glory would be released. Every step that we take, new souls would come in. Every step that we take, why? It is the principality of together. It's the principle of together. And that's what, that's what the church is about. That's what the church is for. It's for you to come together. But so many of us, we just want to be the lone grape. We don't want accountability. We don't, we, don't, we don't want anybody to know that we're not the spiritual giant that our Facebook makes us appear to be. We don't want anybody to know that we've had a bad day. So we will go on Facebook and we will post songs and we will post scripture. But inside we have retreated and we're isolated and here we are. Even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament they were building the tabernacle and God gave them directions on how to make the anointing oil. Guess what? He told them this is what you need to do. The Lord said this, go get your myrrh, go get your cinnamon, go get your sweet cane, go get your cassia, go get your olive oil. The anointing oil is not just one ingredient, but the anointing oil happens. It becomes effective when all of these different spices get together. When the spices get together and make the mixture, the same is in the body of Christ. When we get all the spices together, when we get the red, yellow, black, and white, and brown people together, when we get the young and the old together, when we get the rich and the poor together, we, and then we start making a statement, I don't care what you think about me, we, we're, we're not going anywhere. We are are in this thing together. That, that Whenever you start becoming a cluster that we are not going to act like single grapes, but no, we are standing together. There will be a new wine that God releases on the body and it will start to flow and there will be a new anointing that begins to move in and then you will experience the fullness of God. Luke 5. Jot it down. Turn quickly. 17 through 20. Now it happened on a certain day. As he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought a bed, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the roof into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And a couple of verses later, the man is healed and he takes up his bed and leaves that place. The word just said, when he saw their faith. The word never mentions that man's faith. Their faith. How many times have you ever had a day where you could not find your faith? Don't you lie. There are some days where you've had a rough week and you get up in the morning and you cannot even find a mustard seed size of faith. Anybody been there? 
When you get there and you've prayed and you've fasted and you've got perfect attendance at church and you gave and you tithed and you prayed some more and you fasted some more and it's like nothing is happening and you're like, what in the world is going on? There are just some times when you've been through some stuff when you can't even find your mustard seed. See, this is another key of, 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 of being together. This is, this is another key right here because sometimes whenever you are at a place that where where you can't even believe. Sometimes whenever you are at a place where you can't even find the faith, you got to get around some people that do. Sometimes whenever you find yourself in that season where all you can do is complain. Sometimes when you find yourself in that place where you cannot even be thankful. Sometimes when you find yourself in a place where everything makes you bitter and angry and frustrated and you're jealous about that person and you're bitter about that person. Guess what? That is not the time to retreat. But the first thing the devil will tell you to do, go home, lay in your bed. And before you know it, you're isolated. That's the way he works. Whenever you find yourself in, in, the, in one of those seasons, that is not when you run to your corner and just quit going to church because you're hurt and you're frustrated. Because if you don't watch it, you will, in that moment, you will become paralyzed just like that man. And you will isolate, it will isolate you from the fullness of God in your life. But no, when you find yourself in that season, that's when you need to go to church the most. That's when you need to get up out of the bed. You may feel like a loser. Wash your face. Do something with your hair, put on some decent clothes and get into the house of the Lord with some people who know how to encourage you. They know how to pray. They know how to worship. They, they, they have a little bit of faith. In that moment is when you need to be in the house of the Lord. That's exactly because sometimes just like in this story, their faith can be the faith that brings you out. It's the power of the cluster. It's the power of the body of Christ. The Bible says nothing about that man's faith. It was only their faith. Ben, help me out. Why didn't they just take their individual faith and make it work out in the streets? Because they knew they had to get this man into the room with believers. The word says in verse 19 that they, quote, could not find how they might bring him in. It sounds like they had spent a while looking, thinking, trying to use their own faith. They looked around and realized, I can't do this by myself. They went to all the doors and the crowd was just too big. There was a line outside the door. They were looking up at all the windows thinking how people were everywhere. How can I get this man in? There were roadblocks everywhere of trying to get into this cluster. You need to understand, there should not be any roadblocks in the church that keeps the lost from getting inside the cluster. In some churches, there's too many prerequisites just to get in the door. Sin is sin, but that's not going to keep you from walking through that door. I don't care what sin you're in, come to Legacy Church. Why? Because I know my God can change your life. I don't care what you did last night, come into the cluster called Legacy because I know God can change your life. I don't care what you shot up last night, the Lord can deliver you today. I don't care how you identify today. The Lord can 
give you a rebirth and put you right where you are supposed to be. He has that power. I'm not afraid of trans this, trans that. LGBTQIA, I don't care. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not. Because the Lord can deliver and restore anybody he wants to. Church I grew up in, if you walked in with pants, you were a woman, you'd be kicked out. Don't you do it. I don't care as long as you covered up. I don't want to see your body. That's just personal preference. But come into the house of the Lord. Come into the cluster. Come into a place where a new wine is flowing. Come into a place where God is moving. Come where there's unity in the body. Come into the house. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Why would they go through the trouble of ripping the roof off of a building and lowering this man down by rope on his mat from the ceiling? It sounds it sounds crazy. Why? Because they knew that this guy wasn't going to get what he needed on the outside, but they had to get this guy inside of the house where the Lord and where the cluster was. They had to get him in where the faith was. They had to get him into where the healing was. They had to get him into the place where God was stirring up the gifts inside of that room. And whenever you get the spices together, and whenever you can get the cinnamon people, and the sweet people and the cassia people and the olive oil people and the myrrh people together and whenever you can get all of the spices together and you can get the young together and the old together and the white together and the black together and republicans together and democrats together and all they want is the glory all I want is the kingdom I don't care what it looks like I don't care what it sounds like we just sung about it Lord come Lord you will you stand up with me today I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Lord, I just want you to come. Is anybody there today? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I just want the Lord. Why would they rip off the roof? Construction is expensive, y'all. If I drive by and you're tearing the roof off, They ripped the roof off because they knew they had to get him in the room. They ripped the lid off because they wanted to get him into the cluster. What lid has you stuck in this season? Because you want to be a grape and refuse to join the cluster. What lid has you stuck in a season that you need to rip off? What band-aid do you need to rip off of the wound and let God heal it? What is holding you? What limitation is holding you back from what God really wants to do? What lid needs to be ripped off? What roof needs to be ripped off of the modern-day church so more people can get to the altar? Some churches, it's so thick through tradition. By the time you get to the front of the altar, you're too tired to even get to the altar because you've had to crawl through all the hoops and the hurdles just to say, Lord, I need you. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a cluster. I don't know about you. I don't want to be the long grave. I don't need my I don't need my name on a sign. I don't need any attention. No, 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 no. I don't I don't I'm not coming to fresh water because I want to give my card to somebody so I can get so I can get a speaking engagement at their church. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. There will be people in this house, guess what, that are playing that game, but I'm telling you, God is about to break that spirit off of their life and put them in a family. I don't want to be the long grave. I want to be in a cluster. I want to be a part of a church. I don't know about you that's, that, 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 that is dreaming just crazy dreams. That are just, every time I walk by, they say, oh, here comes the dreamer again. He's crazy. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church that has a vision that literally scares the hell out of Satan himself. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church that on Monday morning, whenever I walk into my job, people are standing around the water cooler saying you should have heard some crazy stuff. There were signs, miracles, and wonders that happened in that church yesterday. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the church. This is whatever it takes, Lord. Get the lost in this house. I don't care if we're going to blow out a wall, if we got to take off the roof. I don't care what it means, Lord. I just want to be part of a church. This is here I am, Lord. What can I do for the harvest? What can I do for the harvest? Would you just raise up your hands with me right now?